This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, 7.06 a.m. on Tuesday, the 20th of December. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mukhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Chong Jen Sun. As always, we're kick-starting this morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. So U.S. markets ended the, in the red for the fourth consecutive day, dashing any hopes of a year-end rally. The Dow was down 0.5%, S&P 500 down 0.9%, the Nasdaq was down 1.5%, and in Asian markets, the Nikkei was down 1.1%, the Hang Seng was down 0.5%, the Shanghai Composite was down by 1.9%, but the Straits Times Index was up by 0.5% and the FBM KLCI was down by 0.1%. For more thoughts on where international markets are heading, we have on the line with us Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the US Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Joe. Thanks as always for joining us. Now, a handful of major companies like Nike, FedEx, they're going to be reporting this week. We know you can't talk about specific companies, but in general, are you expecting an earnings recession this time around? We do expect more earnings pain into the early part of 23. So when it comes to guidance, I don't expect any of these companies to say anything good about the next six months because it's a very difficult environment with a slowdown in demand, higher interest rates, pressure on margins. So I think companies are going to be very cautious heading into the first quarter. But here's the good news. A lot of this is priced into the market. So don't forget that. A lot of the bad news is priced into the market. So companies... Lowering guidance should not be surprising. And Joe, while US and European stock indices took a dive last week, the selling effect seemed more muted in Asian markets. Is there any evidence to support the idea of decoupling between the East and the West? No, in general, no. Um, I know a lot of people are excited about the reflation story in China. China's got a little bit bounce here easing up on the COVID-19, but China needs the world, needs export markets in Europe, in U.S., and you know we're headed for recession here in the U.S. Europe's probably already in recession, so I wouldn't get too carried away with the China trade because it's they're leveraged to the global economy, so be careful in that trade. No one is isolated, Asia, Europe, U.S., from the downturn that's under that's unfolding right now. But Joe, when it comes to investing, it's all a relative game, isn't it? So in terms of which markets do you think might do better next year versus which markets are just going to do very badly? Well, that's a great question. I wish I knew the answer, too, (laughs) (laughs) be honest with you. I I mean, I think the U.S., I think the Federal Reserve in the U.S. is out in front of other central banks. So I think the U.S. will go in recession, but bounce out faster. So we, we know the terminal rate is around five, five and ten, five and a quarter. We're getting closer to that. Europe is still behind us. I'm not sure about Japan. China, I mean, the headlines are going to get uglier before they get better in terms of the COVID-19 pressure. So we're putting, you know, our focus is still U.S. centric. And I hate saying that, you know, sitting in the U.S., but we just think, well, we will, we will rebound first out of the recession. So U.S. centric. And when do you think that recession is going to hit, Joe? Because we do see a flash U.S. PMI manufacturing and services numbers for December indicate deteriorating business conditions, but overall unemployment rates remain low. So what, when is that point when we'll actually see a recession being um, confirmed or announced by the powers that be? 
Well, I hopefully, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to say hopefully. <laughs> I, mean, I wish the recession was now. I mean, it's kind of that's a perversion of the markets. But we do think by second quarter, third quarter, we'll see the downturn. And that's when the markets are going to bounce. So the, the, the stock market will bounce six months before the actual recession kicks in or we are actually know that we're in it. So if you think Q2, Q3 is like kind of the pressure points on the U.S. economy, that's also the time you want to be in the market being buying on the opportunities, on the downdraft. So we're looking for a rough start to the new year. There's no Santa Claus this year. I guess, you know, I mean, all the stockings have been taken away by the central banks. But we do think these dips, if we go down 10, 15 percent from where we are today, that's a buying opportunity for an investor that has, let's say, 24, 36 month horizon for sure. And Joe, the ECB raised rates by 50 bips at its meeting last Friday and announced the start of quantitative tightening from March. How will you inter- interpret this unexpected hawkishness in terms of the number and scale of rate heights by the central bank next year? Very, very hawkish. And it added, added to that un- the undertone here in the United States about the central banks being too aggressive. But uh, in Europe, I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable because they are facing an energy crisis that we're not here in the United States. So very hawkish sentiments, but it's gonna be, the key there though, inflation is still rising in Europe. It's certainly rolled over here in the United States. So we've diverged the Fed from the ECB. So the ECB is gonna have to stay hawkish. So that's why we're still not ready to bite, right? The valuations in Europe, large cap companies, they look very attractive, but it's too early to bite on Europe. You wanna own the US or parts of Asia. Okay, let's talk about another major Asian economy, which is Japan. Likely, they're going to have a new governor. Um, the new name hasn't been picked yet. But what do you think is going to be the new or the, the change, or will there be a change in monetary policy going forward? Are they going to be the odd men out when it comes to central bankers by still being very accommodative, less of a Grinch? Less of a Grinch, I know. Thank God for that, huh? <laughs> um, I do think that will be less of a grinch because the inflationary pressures are they're there, they're evident, but not as great as the U.S. and, and Europe. So and Japan has been the outlier for, what, three decades now. So I'm not looking for any radical monetary shift or pivot coming out of the Bank of Japan. I don't I think that's just beyond Japan in, in general. So don't bank on that. Don't bet on it. Okay, what about the yen, though? I mean, it has retreated from the highs against the U.S. 145 mm. is about 136 now. Uh, is this the new baseline we're looking at for the yen? I mean, no, it, the, the yen was oversold, and so it got way overdone. The dollar was overbought, so you're saying you pull back, euro's 106. So I think you're going to see continued dollar weakness, yen strength, euro strength going into the new year. But, you know, don't get carried away because, you know, after the you know 10%, 15% move down or up in the yen or dollar, however you want to look at it, then it kind of levels off. So I think part of the big move in the yen is behind us. Now it's like kind of the show me stage. You know, show me that you're going to be able to do more, be more pro reform, more aggressive on inflation, raising rates. I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't bet on that. So the dollar has peaked; it's pulled back, and we think there's more to go. But you know, I wouldn't get too crazy because, as I said, U.S. is going to lead the global economy forward in the beginning of the second half of next year. And just very quickly, Joe, the main driver for agricultural commodity prices in 2022 was Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Where do you see prices for wheat and corn in the coming year? Um, do you think that we're still going to see the impact of the crisis uh, in the next year? 
I think the crisis and the shortages that come from the crisis add, but also just underlying demand. I mean, hopefully the emerging market consumer comes back. We still have, you know, 8 billion people. That their protein levels are going up. Middle-income consumers want to continue, kind of come back from the pandemic levels. So we're long-term bullish on the agricultural complex. That's everything from seeds to drought-resistant capital equipment across the board. By the agricultural complex and by the agricultural commodity producers like we see in Southeast Asia. You want to belong those investments. All right, Joe. Thanks as always for the chat. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, I think generally he doesn't really expect uh, earnings recession, although he thinks the guidance coming up from companies will likely be bad, but it has been priced in. And he seems to think that it, uh, 2023 could be a tale of two halves, perhaps uh, the first half being uh, a lot more subdued. But one should actually position to buy the dip for a possible market rally in the second half. Yeah, but he's still very keen on U.S. stocks, right? Because yes. his point is that the Federal Reserve is very close to the terminal rate, be it five and a quarter or five and a half. We're almost there. So once you get close to that number, it's probably going to be, hey, let's look at equities again. Growth is the story to invest in. All right. We're coming up to 7.17 in the morning. We're heading into some messages. And when we come back, we'll cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.